Attention Pokemon players, you are listening to Triple P, the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. On today's episode, Jake is looking for a day two. Chuck breaks the rules, and Mew takes down Liverpool. Charlie, you rule-breaking guy, how are you doing today? <laughs> I was too excited. I was just too excited. I couldn't I couldn't uh do it any I couldn't wait anymore. Right, so. right. I mean Crown Zenith is upon us. We've we've opened to ETBs, uh, you know, the Reggie boxes or whatnot. Um in some places let us use them, some places may not have. Um <laughs> and somebody might have been jumping the gun. I don't know how. Um, but uh, let's start off with you. How has your week been? Um and happy Crown Zenith week. Uh yeah, uh it's been a fun release weekend. Got uh basically one of everything that they've released so far. So a Reggie to the Reggies and the ETB. Um yeah. managed some go- good pulls. Uh, I got the Luminion Altart and I got the Elsa Sparkle, which I traded the first chance I had because the guy was offering the Hisuian Zora Arc alt. Uh, art which i wanted they were sitting at the same price even on an even swap release price yeah so i was like even swap here let's do it um he likes to play mew i don't i like playing i like hasuian zork so i got i felt like i made out on the deal right right um <laughs> yeah uh those are the yeah. big pulls pretty nice. much i guess um, bef- before we get into how you break breaking the rules i'll go into my crown zenith since it's kind of around the same yeah. Um, I, I ended up buying an ETB um, on Friday from one of our local game shops. It was completely busted. I got um, uh, the gold Palkia, um, part of the, you know, the four set there, uh, pulled a, a Radiant Zard and a couple other pretty cool cards. But those were the two um, super notable ones. And then I thought I, I was like, I'm not going to go heavy on the set. Uh, so I wasn't going to buy any more. Uh, and then come saturday uh, you know later in the day my wife had some chores chores to take care of or some errands to run or whatnot whatnot and she came home and she she brought us another one that she pre-ordered that you know she didn't let us know uh me and brody so we uh opened that and then i ended up pulling um a couple other really good cards what were they at this time um i got my barrel which i was uh i know funny to say that was the number one card that i wanted i know you we kind of talked about it uh previous um but i i got that guy and i got the the full art samurai which is not like a super expensive card but my gosh that uh or i'm sorry the the alt art samurai where he's like yeah. in the in the water looking at the mountains oh my gosh that card is beautiful um so those were the big the big ones although that that etb was busted every single pack had a hit in it um like, like the worst card i pulled was just a rotom v uh but everything else i got you know a zara or a, a v max i got the deoxys v max got a volo full art out of that and you know after those two etbs i was like okay i'm done uh no more but uh last night at mondays at locals at uh, sports car junction um you know uh nate was awesome enough to give out prize support of crown zenith packs from uh etb uh, and I happened to pull the the Dialga gold out of that, so I got two fourths. I got ha- I got half of of the of the foursome. Uh, also, two other people before the tournament started bought uh, or bought some ETBs and pulled the other two. So there was a an Arceus and a Garatina pulled. So I had to take a photo of all, all four of them together. Uh, so that was kind of cool. 
yeah, uh, seeing yeah. seeing those cards all four together right away, and then kind of uh, giving some people in our Discord uh, like a heart attack, making them think that I you made had a, you had <laughs> me going, a, yeah, making you think that I got all of them off polls. You're like, no way, but <laughs> I, I, no I gave it like a minute or two just to kind of <laughs> pretend. Yeah, but. no caption picture, just. All four golds just thrown up in the Discord, like right. This man got all four already. What? Out of two ET, but two and a half ETBs. <laughs> let's go. The set's busted. Uh, no, I will say uh, there has been some. I've seen some duds uh, of ETBs, but I've seen some real like killers. Right. Uh, one uh, Val, one of the my team challenge teammates, she pre-ordered ETBs and she was cracking one on on the weekend and i think she got three radiant zards in one etb wow she just kept pulling them right that, that i think that radiant zard that radiant or this next or the crown zenith version is is prettier even though it's less value right now um well i think, I, I think it's, it's, just, it's a nice looking part of my to me I th- they both i think they both look cool oh uh, yeah. i think they're just gonna end up uh bringing that that value of that radiant zard down a little bit which, which is, is a good thing Cool for, uh, um, I guess everyone else who doesn't have one yet. But yeah, I mean, yeah. all you need is one, technically. But now they're cheaper than I might own a couple, so I don't have to keep switching in from deck to deck. For sure. Uh, and then but, another thing, I was I was listening to um, Azul um, earlier this week, and he was talking about because he got Crown Zenith products off Pokemon, obviously because he's one of the top names in pokemon and 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 i don't know we do we do but but my point is we've always we've had this conversation before we're like oh man pokemon must like stack these packs that are given to you know these content creators um because we've seen you know through the years uh content creators like oh busted box is the best box ever and we're like there's no way because like pokemon must be just stacking them but you know from what he said uh and you know he didn't pull anything and then i know ldf uh had some um some product as well not pulling anything so maybe uh that myth is debunked a little bit yeah it must be might be a little debunked um and that's just how this set goes you're rolling the dice and getting studs or duds when it comes to this (laughs) that's what i heard yeah thankfully out of the two and a half i got it's just been complete bangers yeah that uh on the on the weekend, I I wanted two cards I needed to have out of this set. Um, and I got the Hisuian Zorark because I'm trying to collect every art of the Zorark. So done. That was going to be the hard one to find. And I got my Radiant Eternatus. So right. I have now. I need. I got the one playable card I need. And yep, I used so- it. I also did pull the Sky Steel Stone, and we'll talk about that card later, um, which is definitely a meta card that you do need um, coming up. Uh, so either if you have to buy it by singles or get more product, but I did pull one of those as well. I didn't get the Eternatus. That's the one card that I just bought the single. It was only like $5, I think. It wasn't anything crazy. I don't. I, I think a lot of the cooler arts, um, well, a lot of the cards are going to be relatively inexpensive in this set i think it's going to drop a lot kind of like shining fates did because i think they're gonna i i think they probably printed a lot of this let's be honest this is what we got they probably did what they did with the charizard thing right (laughs) the charizard collection say way too much 
Well, no, that's, this is what we have to buy for three months right now. So that's true. Uh, just there's move a rotation bit. and move everything up by a little bit. Wait, hold on. Uh, I do want to go to Knoxville in this current format, so <laughs> I don't want them to rotate it quite yet. Uh, I've been putting a lot of effort, so I guess that's a good segue for my week. Um, yeah. Is you know we've been kind of talking in the last couple of months where um, you know I was trying you know a lot of different decks because you know I, I am a meta player. I, I do so you know tr- find myself to be a pretty good player, but to get to grow to get to the next level, I've been playing a lot of different decks from like super meta decks. Uh, to like fringe decks to you know fun decks but all with different kind of mechanics um you know arranging all the way from you know the zora box to etern uh wheezing lugia lost box uh with either guillotine or, or uh rayquaza uh, some i did play some of the kyogre um and a couple other handful of decks um and i've been making a big point um especially this last week um uh, to really ramp up my play um get the reps in um, with a, a bunch of different decks also just in preparation uh, for Knoxville. Obviously, you know, there's something been lacking. Um, and I think it might be, and I, you know, I, I think it was, you know, lack of reps in real life. Uh, so I, I went to locals um, three times. I different three different stores, and I'm going to do it again this week. I already went uh, yesterday uh, to play. Uh, so I've been really ramping up the IRL play um, and in playing Playing Lost Box, obviously, that's not necessarily in my comfort zone compared to what I was running um, with Lugia. Uh, obviously, Lugia is pretty simple, uh, but getting really kind of bored of that. Plus, I think that it's kind of the matchups are kind of solved and it comes down to that like early game RNG. Uh, I think, you know, playing a deck like Lost Box these la- this last week has really helped, uh, you know, just kind of me look at the game in a different way uh not so dependent on like such a hot hot start because you can still have some kind of comeback mechanics because you're having those single prizers um and just having a deck that um has different options i've definitely fallen in love with this reggie or not reggie's but these uh requaza lost box because it it just hits so many different ways in different matchups um and it's just been a joy to play. Not only just has it been successful, it's just actually, I think playing all these other decks has actually kind of helped me um, with this. And it's just kind of re, you know, lit that fire under me uh, for the love of the game. Um, and since I've been enjoying it, I I feel that's when I, I flipped the switch and I started actually playing better and having better results. Because I know we talked a little bit about me kind of being in a rut and I was trying to get out of it. Um, I think it was, you know, switching to that and just kind of really playing in real life interacting with people and things like that so it kind of uh rekindled that love a little bit uh because there was a little bit of a, a time in there when i was just i almost felt like a job trying to just uh, you know play that meta deck play good and all that stuff but um you know just looking at the game in a different light i, I guess uh going into these regionals yeah i can i can sympathize with that uh I have not been having the grandest time of trying to figure out what to play nowadays in into this meta because I don't I don't own and or want to own or play Lugia. I know that's like a conscious decision. No, I mean it. Lugia um, is a good deck, but it, it, let's say I, we've we've had this meta for two a little long here. Uh, but the good thing is I don't think the meta is solved, especially with Crown Zenith, and we'll talk about that a little bit later. Yeah. So I've been, but I've been, uh, a lot of the things that I've enjoyed playing have been pushed out. So 
I've been jumping from different deck to different deck. Um, last this week at locals, I played Reggie's, um, the the single prize Reggie's, and I didn't win a single game, and I just didn't have a good time with it at all. Um, I don't know why people like that though. I I, 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 I was like, I decided to play it because I remember listening to like Azul, and he was saying like on his podcast about like mediocre players should be playing not playing lugia or something uh, like that i don't know if i quite i mean i i understand his logic but i don't necessarily if that's your but, comfort pick even if you're a map still play it like i i don't know <laughs> no i i i get his log i, I kind of got his logic but then i was just like so that was kind of like the thing like i think reggie's was one of the decks that he said you should play and i was like all right i've also but that was another deck that i was like i don't want to play this because i don't like it but I made a deal with the devil, as they say, and I was like, fine, I'll play it. I built yeah, it and put it together. For it. <laughs> yeah, and I went 0-4, and, and it's not like I, I don't... Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I haven't played it, if but it's you not lived like I locally, played against it, and I don't know how it plays. If you lived but, locally, I would have talked to you out of that one. But uh, when... I don't know why you would want to stick a mediocre player into that kind of play style. Like, I don't... I it just... I made one huge, like... There's only one game that I lost because of my play, and I learned my lesson yeah. real quickly. Um, but everything else was just like, I'm struggling to get a Reggie. I'm struggling to do this. Like, I just like, what is the struggle here? Yeah. Um, why? But well, I, honestly, I think just Reggie in general. It, I to me, the stock is down this last couple of weeks, just with um, the way the meta has shifted and kind of uh, thought, um, or, or or is going. Uh, but also, if you haven't played the deck a lot lately, um, you know, it's not one of those decks you can just get up and play um, and be a master at it right away. So, like, if, especially for mediocre or new players, um, that's not necessarily the deck I would recommend. I mean, as, as boring as Lugia is or as boring as Mew is, um, those are pretty straightforward decks. And you should just, regardless of, you know, with a meta percentage, I mean, you're just, if if you're that kind of player anyways... Um, if if it's but, such a coin toss to play a M M Lugia mirror match, why not? I mean, that's still probably your best odds anyway. I, I I think that's his argument in this in this point is that uh, the Lugia matchups, like when you you're trying to, if you're a like a mediocre player or what, I don't even know what he, what class of player you're putting that in. I put myself in that because I haven't done anything in terms of saying. So that's why I was like no, thinking I, of this. But when when you're when you're talking about like. The I think that's where he's thinking. Like, if you're not a high level thinking of it, and you go into a Lugia mirror, you're just going to play it wrong. But that's why you shouldn't be playing Lugia. Yeah, but but I totally disagree with that because every other matchup, you're like you're blind. I know what this deck does does better for you. Right. I mean, no, I don't know. Like, if you've played the game at any level, like recently, um, you should know what a you know a mirror match would look like, especially if you're going to a bigger tournament. You're gonna have some kind of preparation, so you'll have a idea how to do Lugia. Um, we've kind of talked about that in the past uh, with yeah. the do with that, but either way, um, but uh, we I do want before we get on to to Liverpool and, and talk about that. Um, I think I did skip over. Did we did we tell you why you, you uh, were breaking the rules? No. No, okay, sorry, I skipped yeah. over you there. I know I said, "Oh, let's just talk about the ETBs," and I just completely. So my bad, my bad. I, I was good. I was I was gonna try and maybe transition us back because 
I got overly excited because I got that Radiant Eternatus we, which we were talking about. But uh, uh, we had a, a, a different store that I don't usually play at every week had a case tournament on the weekend. They were going to put in like a case, I guess, ETBs or whatever. Um, but every other tournament I've went to, they usually have this early, like when a, a case tournament kind of thing, Silver Tempest, we played Silver Tempest cards like day after it was released. If you had them, you, you could get them. Uh, they usually, that's a kind of, that's a store that cracks product early to sell, um, like sell singles on, on day of release. So that's why they, they did the same thing. I was assuming I went there. Uh, and assumed that Crown Zenith would be uh, would be legal, so I brought an, a Radiant Eternatus build, which is a no no. Which apparently it was not uh, uh, legal, uh. <laughs> uh, uh, uh. which I didn't find out till round two, um, until uh, one of the the judges heard me say I play Radiant Eternatus, and <laughs> is, and is like, what? Like, what 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 what? <laughs> uh, oh jeez. Um, needless to say, all the other players were like super interested in what i was bringing but the judge was not uh so uh i i was just like i assumed we were they were legal like every other one he was like well we didn't do that uh this time and i was like okay then i lose so uh well, I, lesson I learned ask the day ask the to if the new set is legal i yeah, know so some locals let it in some these don't. early tournaments <laughs> uh if you want to play something that's new um make sure you ask <laughs> don't wait definitely for definitely ask but uh, I will say that uh, Radiant Eternatus has really kind of, I've been looking forward to that card, and it has kind of reinvigorated my fire into I'm glad. Eight, uh, two new, I have two new decks that I really just want to work on and hone. Um, I don't want it involving a, a certain uh, Rayquaza that I won't let die. Um, yes, you don't have much longer to try to make me kiss your feet. <laughs> uh, I will say that... Uh, I think it could work actually. Um, I have to just refine it because I think a lot of the the, the look the idea of dropping two V Maxes on turn one is just but not in the idea of it. The practicality of doing it is actually really good, and um, in general, so I think finding the right V Maxes for it is going to be really is going to help make Radiant Eternatus really playable. Um, it's just having the right ones in your deck and you could possibly have a toolbox of them for depending of matchups which is a different deck that i'm going down uh a road with uh so yeah i'm having fun with that good i haven't played with any of the new cards yet well although i have theory crafted a little bit and i have watched a few content creators um especially with that eternatus uh play a few di different decks and I did play against a Rotom online with the VMAX. Um, it seemed all right. Uh, although, you know, Rayquaza, uh, Lost Box kind of just handled it anyways. Um, so we'll see how relevant that deck is in the future. But uh, I think there will be a couple things that come out of that. And we'll talk a little bit about that after our, you know, middle of the show uh, segment. But before we get onto all that, I definitely want to jump into Liverpool because uh, we had Liverpool regionals this weekend. Yes. Um, and as we alluded to, Mew takes down Liverpool. Um, Gudra sees a lot of good play. And, you know, we, we, we've we seen a, a little bit of everything that we kind of expected uh, outside of those two decks. Um, but 
Um, what say you do? Are you surprised that Mew won? Um, and what caused Mew to win this week? Um, I am. I'm not sur- Sorry, I it's. I'm not surprised. Uh, I guess I'm gonna be. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say it like this. I'm a little impressed, actually. Um, that Mew won. Uh, I didn't know if it would really have it in it still. Uh, looking at the top cut, um, it's really a good. I, I the the top eight of of Liverpool. I think it's a good breakdown of what we think is like the top stuff in the meta. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, there's a couple Mews, a couple Lugias, uh, a couple Lost Box. Um, one of them per- containing, well, most of them, con- all the the Lost Zone Gudra is new. But I've heard that picking up pace with people. Oh, yeah. I've, the last couple of weeks, against... especially locally, we've I've seen a lot of that. <laughs> yeah. I, I've I've seen people starting to pick up ways how to play it into the meta. So um I'm not I'm I'm surprised that it went two into the top eight just like that. And I'll be honest, uh it's top eight. It's in Europe, so Sanders expected to be there with something crazy. Yes. Um, and he was. Uh, <laughs> He was, and uh, so the top eight looks like a European regionals to me uh, <laughs> in our current meta. I just didn't uh, see Mew necessarily coming out on top. So I think the biggest reason, so there wasn't like a huge difference in percentage played um, uh, of Mew. I think there's, you know, obviously there's the two versions. I think the most popular version right now, obviously, is the uh, the double turbo build with the Path to the Peak, having different disruption cards in there. Um, I haven't really played that version of Mew, but I, I know it's solid because I've played against it plenty of times. Um, you know, the 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 Lugia matchups, obviously, you know, at least 50-50, um, for, you know, from the outside looking in. Um, and Mew feels favored against everything else, too, or most everything else. Um, I think the biggest reason, uh, well, not most everything, but the biggest reason Mew, I think, had his biggest success was just the amount of Gudra that was actually seeing success, not only in the top eight, Gudra really just was running rampant, um, you know, throughout day two. I saw a lot of lists in there, um, just kind of like doing a quick scan. And I think Mew just has a really good matchup against that. And when when um, Gudra is taking percentages away from other decks that play, uh, that have more of like counter uh, counters to um Mew you know it has a higher percentage to hit a good matchup in that day too and I think that's what ultimately you know obviously it got to top eight and we could always usually expect one um but it, I think I think well obviously it won in the in the finals um there against Stefan Ivanov but uh it also you know it, I think it hit two Gudras or something uh along the way in the top cuts uh so I think that that's a huge reason uh why Mew uh you know ultimately took it down I'm trying to go to Twitter to see his 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 path to the top eight mm-hmm. um, because he could have very well dodged the non-Drapion decks. That is my biggest fear with playing Mew. And I, I still think Mew is a good, a good, solid deck in the meta. If you want to do well in a tournament, I think you can. Um, uh, we could obviously just yeah. want to read. Well, you can well, still I mean, even potentially last... win a regional. The only thing that like ever uh, worries me about it is that it's literally so the deck. This deck has like been so good. It's literally the only card that has a hard one of count, like not even one of, but 
a hard one card counter. You just slide in any deck, and you can KO the Pokemon. It, in. You can, uh, but you know, currently, I mean, there's still definitely play arounds um, that you players can with the Lost City, with having still comeback cards. Um, and, you know, we saw Mew take second place uh, in last. I forget what regionals that was, but the the weekend previous. Um, you know, it, it, the deck is solid. It has answers even to those Drapions. And I think it can handle one of Drapion currently. Um, especially yeah. if, you know, it lost cities it, um, and then still has other comeback potentials. Obviously it can outpace, uh, most decks and, and that on its own will put it in a position to, you know, win, even if it loses, um, loses a mute. Yeah. So his path, to, his path was Gudra, Lugia, Gudra. And the like, he had he had to take on take on he had to eliminate both the Gujra decks in the top eight. Right. So um, yeah, favorable matchup to 50-50 matchup to favorable matchup. Yeah, the fifty fifty did not have Drapion in it either. So yeah, the, the Lugia player that he played did not have a Drape did not did not use Drapion. So right. Um. Yeah, I mean that's the biggest fear I think I have is that Drapion counter, but there obviously is ways to play around that that uh and it's still a really good deck right i mean, I, mean I, also... I do have reservations for it going forward but uh you know for the next uh week and a half I will... here i think it's going to be still completely fine yeah i still think uh either version might do you because the ryan morehouse the other player that made it was cut was using meloetta so mm. um I know there's a big debate on which one, which way to go, but I don't, I don't know if it matters to be completely honest with you. So, right, right. All right. So, you know, obviously we just talked about Mew and why it might have seen success. Obviously, some of that success was because of Gudra, uh, but Gudra, just a great all around deck where, you know, it, it, it's almost like that Duraludon uh, effect where it, it wins and then it just drops off because it, it, it loses to decks like Mew or other. Other things where you know it just doesn't it doesn't have that either the consistency um, or the you know the hitting power or anything like that. But the healing, uh, especially with the the amount of lost box you're seeing out there, um, Gudra you know kind of feeds off of that. Um, and then obviously just tanking against a lot of the like Reggies, uh, it feels like a really good matchup. Um, and then obviously you see it uh, taking down you know uh, the the Lugia decks uh, from. You know, from time to time, I think it's it's probably slightly favored in in Gudra's deck, um, especially if it plays the Paracel to block the um, um, the Yivatal from taking knockout. So, I mean, I'm not surprised to see it take uh, take flight this week, but also with Mew taking it down, I I don't expect it to stay at the top of the meta game. Yeah, I mean, it is it is cheeky because it forces the it kind of forces the Lugia to either. Um, use Lugia because that's the mm. biggest hitter um, in it, in its arsenal, or um, get the even like the 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 cheeky Evatol in there quickly. But if you have the Parasol, then you can't usually use that. But it might force you to go through a lot of energy that way, because um, you can it can tank pretty well. But it's really hard for I think Lugia to get over over the hump. To uh, get a loop to get a Gudra in like the one hit. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it is asking a lot, um, but obviously there's plays around it. 
but yeah, we'll see. Um, but going forward, you know, Lugia, obviously we've talked about it a little bit here. Um, nothing really new to report. It's still what 30% of the meta roughly. I think this one was like 29% uh, percent of the meta. So still um, the most played deck. Uh, we've already talked about it with, you know, uh, your, your dis, 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 like uh you know how much you dislike the deck uh you know i i don't mind the deck at all i think it's it's a still bdif because it's so consistent and straightforward um but definitely has its struggles in different matchups um and i feel like you know you know those 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 mid-tier players i think it's still a, a solid choice for them to bring um because it does have a lot of matchup or um you know outs to a lot of different matchups yeah i mean um the the Lugia the Lugia deck is you're really gonna you're gonna have people gunning for you so you have to kind of worry about that but if you're if your matchups if you can get good matchups and then your card variance is not crazy like you struggle to get Archeops in the discard or whatever you know the things that kind of happen to Lugia then you can have a really good day at a tournament. No matter what, hundred um, percent. It's one of those you win or lose pretty quickly. You know, re- really quickly yeah. if you're gonna lose uh, or win, really. Yeah, kind of. You, you kind of know how the game's gonna go pretty quickly. I mean, uh, like you said, uh, well, like we kind of alluded, this is a good spread of the top decks in the in the in the meta, and I do agree with you that Lugia is still the kind of the BDIF in the format um, because it's kind of the one deck that still asserts its will in, in on the format where you have to we are we are all living in a Lugia world still so yeah i mean i think something that brings that deck down is also we've been living in this world for so long so so many people have been gunning it for it um for that long of a period of time uh so the matchups are really well known um regardless of what you're bringing if you're bringing some spicy uh tech you're you know you're 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 teching against Lugia or testing against Lugia. Um so you know that matchup. Um the Lugia player may not, but like you still know the matchup versus Lugia, you know what I mean? So there's so many uh, unknowns for Lugia going into it, but I so many knowns for everybody else going against that deck. Yeah. Um all right, so I mean we kind of talk uh, you know about the the meta game. Nothing too out you know, out of the ordinary other than the Gudra taking a spike there. But I do want to, and we kind of brought this up, um, Sander bringing in, you know, another version of his spiciness uh, with Flying Pikachu, Eldegoss Loop. Um, watched a couple of his games. Um, I was having a little bit issues with the stream. Uh, and then I ended up just kind of like stopped watching um, just because I, I was kind of unwatchable with the lag. I don't know. I tried it on a couple of different devices. Um, but when I, I, you know, the thing that I've noticed with Sander is he'll bring the spicy control deck or infinite loop deck to like beat people. And he usually goes, um, you know, X, you know, one, one or something to that effect. Um, uh, and then he, he rides it all the way to top eight. And we've seen this at least since we started, since, you know, um, you know, IRL play started opening up again, uh, where he's, I think he's made top eight more than most people that we, you know, can talk, talk about, um, out of the big players but the problem is he has these decks um that don't have like a, a knockout win con so and you saw it against i uh you know um the gudra deck in in, in uh, top eight where you know he he takes 
game one because Stefan didn't quite understand the matchup. He figured it out, um, you know, takes the game two. And then there's only, you know, a small handful of time left uh, in, in the round. And then obviously when it's a, a race for one KO, uh, a player like Stefan's going to take the uh, take the KOs um, when Sander can't. And we've seen that again. It's Azul. I feel like there was another one. Uh, in their semi recently where he makes top eight has a stellar record. And then, you know, he kind of has that curse of the top eight where, Oh, we know what you're doing now. Uh, let's go to game three with uh, either at time or no time uh, or, or something that affected it. He just like, just comes yeah. short, unfortunately. Um, yeah. He, the, the time rules for him in, in the, 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 the knockout rounds are like kind of against him. But I did look up. He's made top eight in all three of his tournaments in this format. So, right, like, and that's what I'm saying. Like he is a great player, and to make top eight, uh, plus like, NAIC is like. But that's the thing that that continually, repeatedly happens to him. It, it seems like. Yeah, he's he's gotten to he's gotten to the point where he know he he knows uh, how to get himself to top eight, especially with these control archetypes that he's bringing. Um. Yeah, I think the I don't know. I mean, he might have got a little unlucky, I guess, maybe with the Gudra spice, like in in the, in the top eight round, like because looking at his list, like if it was a Lugia matchup, he might have had a little bit more of a, a path towards, um, like taking a knockout. Yeah, you know, with the, the Redalekis and and then the the blind Pikachu, um, but yeah, I I get it. I get what you're saying there. He's definitely hitting the top eight. I, I it's just, I don't know. You can't change. I want to see him break through. I do. Eight, so. I am rooting for him to break through. Um, and I think maybe he's changed his decks a little bit to try to maybe. I mean, I, I'm obviously he's he's had to notice this pattern as well, um, where he's trying to get out of that. Um, you know the 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 top cut where you can't have a tie kind of a rule. Um, so we'll we'll see. Um. You know, I'm rooting for him to you know continue success. I know he'll break for the breakthrough because clearly he's one of the best yeah. lines in the game. <laughs> yeah, I just don't know. For him, I guess it's how how many times do you for I would be thinking of it like how many times do you get the the win win like you know like you open win because people are figuring out how you play and then do you automatically lose that next game like like every time because if I was him. I just start conceding it then, and then being like, "Give me full time for this last game." Like, <laughs> maybe, you know but I mean? like against that that game two was like not guaranteed. Um, yeah, there was a specific play that needed to be with uh, double zigzagoon ping uh, to and and a KO to get over the Eldegoss with the uh, with the Cape of Toughness. So, I, I I don't know. I don't know if I would necessarily do that. Um, well, I, mean, I think it, it's you just more of a joke. A, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but you know what I mean. <laughs> but yeah, I mean overall, uh, you know, it was a fun regionals. You know, from the games I did get to watch, um, you know, it was you know everything we expect out of uh, you know this meta game. Um, I just enjoy watching the game too. Um, yeah, I love the game of Pokemon TCG. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's uh, let's break uh, break this up uh, from the meta talk, uh, and let's get into some trivia. It's time, time for trivia. 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 All right. I'm coming at you with some trivia questions. Well, just one trivia question. One, uh, one, one of the usual name that uh, ability or 
attack names. And yes. uh, I got one lined up for you. So this week, the ability, uh, obviously standard legal, um, the ability is called Dark Signal. Dark Signal. Feels like it's a new card. Um, obviously, it's a dark type Pokemon. I would assume it is a single prize. Or what are some single prize dark Pokemon that are in this set? Without looking at my book, <laughs> this literally sat right next to me. Um. Dark, dark signal. Yes. You want? I'll give you the attack name on the same card. That probably won't help, but go for it. This would be the the first lifeline. It's max darkness. No, then that's not a single prizer. So you've you've helped me a little bit. Um, max darkness. Unless he's not. From a new set, I don't max darkness. I almost see. It's a V max, then it has to be a V max if it's a max, right? Max darkness. I don't think he was printed in this set. May, then am, am I just way off base? The max darkness, dark dark signal. Wait, is that something like what the hell? Want another lifeline? I give you yes. the set. Set, yes, yeah, set. Evolving skies. Oh, then it has to be Umbreon. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, Umbreon. that's what I was like. What, I was like, wait a second, that that has to be Umbreon. I was like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> Your next oh, thing was the... behind you. <laughs> Yeah, it was behind me, not the not in front of me. Uh, yeah, yeah, cool. I got it. Yes, let's go. <laughs> Wait a second, is this the one that I have here? No, that's this. Yeah, it's a, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. Well, uh, I did get that. I haven't played Umbreon in a little while, uh, so obviously that's uh something there. Uh, yeah. but I have one as well. Uh, this okay. is a Pokemon name. This ability, this a Pokemon belongs to. Um, and the ability name is Ad Hoc Shock. Ad, Ad Hoc Shock. You know, I've just spent a lot of my week organizing cards, and I remember reading this ability <laughs> on a card. But I have, I don't remember the Pokemon. It's a yellow card, so I know it's an, well, Ad Hoc Shock, but <laughs> obviously... Leads it to be a electric Pokemon, but this is uh, so. There's like three things this could be because it's like it's got it could be a Charger Bug, it could be who's the other one that's always in the middle. It's not like it's like Flaffy, but not Flaffy, um, or a Voltorb. Be a Voltorb. 
do you need a la- lifeline? Sure. It's attack for one lightning. Static shock. That does not help. <laughs> <laughs> Even more uh, electricity themed. Um, it's either a either So it or it's electric tross or electric. Is it Electros or Charger Bug? I think it's one of those two. Well, you can't Electros say both. Or Charger Bug. I don't remember a Charger Bug being printed recently. Unless it's the Radiant thing. There is a Radiant that just got printed. I know, and I don't remember what the heck the Radiant ability was. It could be Ad Hoc Shock. Uh, I'll go with the Charger Bug. I'm going to go with Charger Bug. It sounds like a Charger Bug thing. You you were barking up the right tree at one point, and that is uh it's not charge bug. Um it is electrike. 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 Oh. Uh if that's exactly how you pronounce it, ad hoc shock. When you play this Pokemon from your hand to evolve it, uh one of your Pokemon during that turn, you may flip a coin if heads your po- uh your opponent's active Pokemon is now paralyzed. So it's a paralyzing card. On a evolution and a coin flip, uh, I don't think we'll ever see this uh, in standard play here. Yep, sounds like something that I threw in the ball bin. Right. Uh, although I really do like that name, uh, ad hoc shock. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that is a that is a funny one. All right, uh, let's go. For we've taken a couple weeks off, but it is time to do a little random card madness. Red, and red, card, 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 card. We have, uh, we have a new, a new set, a new collection to work with of of Crown Zenith. So I'm gonna roll the 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 die or, or the random number generator because there's 159 cards in this set, uh, including one secret rare, and then this is not including the 70. Galarian gallery cards. So yeah, add that up. There's 200 and some odd cards in Crown Zena. Um, we're going to randomly generate a Pokemon and decide whether it's good or not. And I am going to randomly generate that number now. And we grew card number 85, which consists of Galarian Berserker. So this is a Berserker, as it's loading up here, mm-hmm. that has uh, 120 HP, metal Pokemon, evolves from Meowth, uh, and has two attacks. For as the Sharp Claws, 30 plus, if you put coin heads, it does 60 more damage for a metal and a colorless. And then for an extra colorless, you can just do the 90 damage as Slash. I don't remember, this has probably been reprinted, I can't remember which one this was in, but um, yeah, that's what that's our card. Random card. No, no, it's uh, not playable. Not good. Metal sucks. That's not good. Uh, you could have said Zamazenta. Maybe I would have been saying, hey, maybe. Um, uh, I don't see any re- redemption for this uh, Perserker, really, honestly. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, this is uh, this is filler at its finest. Um, <laughs> well, to be fair, Crown Zenith has a lot of pretty cards. 
but only two new playable cards, in my opinion. Maybe three or four, but, but probably two. I will. I'm gonna randomly generate another one real quick here. We got another filler. Uh, Let's go. Another filler. We got Galarian Mr. Mime. Uh, this is uh the pound attack and for ten damage in a water, and then for double colorless, you can find it. Search your deck for an item card, reveal it, and put it in your hand. Then shuffle your deck. Um, okay, useful attack, but uh, you'll never use it. Uh, this is another. Uh, this one. Yeah, yeah. Don't see. No, nope, nope. yeah. filler. Sorry. Like I said, uh, we filler. could probably do. We could probably do a hundred of these for Crown Zenith and get all filler cards, or the cards that are already established uh, itself in some kind of uh, way. <laughs> yep. I uh, just did number sixty-one. Draft rig. Oh, yep. Yep. More filler. More filler. Yep. Yep. Strike three. Of- we're done. <laughs> That's it. Strike three. We're done. <laughs> Uh, next week, I will just randomly decide a card <laughs> or <laughs> no, uh, what we, purposely pick a card to talk about that might be good from Crown Zenith, or probably. or or better yet, next week we can think about a little bit more of our um, uh, our radiant, our radiant, uh, oh, yeah, what's it called? The radiant, uh, uh, what's the, the tier list with tier the, list? That's the word I was looking for. <laughs> two new tiers, yes, yes. Well, <laughs> anyways, moving on. Uh, I think it's time for us to take a break and hear a word from our sponsor. The Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast is brought to you by Sports Car Junction. Located in the North Hills of Pittsburgh, Sports Car Junction is a one-stop shop for players and collectors with a wide variety of singles, supplies, packs, and boxes available in-store and online at Sports Car Junction. Don't forget to check out our weekly league Mondays at 6 p.m. All right. And thank you again, Sports Card Junction, for, um, you know, uh, that that sponsorship and allowing us to always uh, give back to our community Um, and always just been good to Chuck and I. Uh, I know, you know, you make it easy to get product um, at very competitive prices uh, and, you know, always have the cards available. Uh, so uh, thanks again there, uh, Sports Card Junction. Uh, as we gave away uh, an ETB for this month already, uh, w- there'll be no more giveaway uh, keywords. Uh, but again, listen in next week while we uh, uh, start up another one uh, for next month's uh, giveaway. Yes, yes. Next month we will be starting another one. All right. Well, no keywords, no things to talk about there. That means it's time for the news. So with uh, with that, um, it's kind of a light week. We had big news last week with all the Scarlet Violet release. So this is kind of more uh, a clerical news week. So just to, to sum up um, some things, we because we started seeing secret rares now being released and, you know, the sets out in, in Japan. So we're seeing all of the cool art and stuff like that coming out. So I figured it'd be cool to cover up or cover uh, just a couple of the different changes that we didn't really cover before. Um, because uh, if you haven't heard by now, uh, Rainbow Rares are out. They're done. They're no done. More. Chuck, um, so, does that make you happy or sad? Because I know I tagged you in that when I, I saw it first half. I know you're a Rainbow uh, Rare collector. I am. Uh, so I am happy and sad a little bit, but I hit, I kind of went down the 
the road I went hinging the bet that they would cancel the rainbow rares. So uh, I am happy because I have a complete set of rainbow rare trainers. I know that was unpopular uh, from a lot of people, but uh, I think they might, you know, find a little spike in value now that they'll be the only rainbows trainers ever released unless they come back later on the line. But uh, yeah, that makes me a little happy. Um, I will say uh, what they're replacing with, I'm okay with. Like, So the Rainbow Rares are out um, and they are replacing them with uh, basically the what they're calling Illustration Rares and then Special uh, Illustration Rares. Um, basically, they're kind of what we're used to. These training get trainer gallery-esque cards mm -hmm. with the the art the artier take where they're in more of a natural habitat like they say like more of a natural or living habitat and things like that showing off a more personality of the pokemon in into the art yeah um, so and the um and then there are still going to be gold cards obviously as well uh and full art cards um Kind of in the same vein that we've been seeing with the colorful background, with uh, the the art, the Pokemon taking full page art there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, those are the the special rarities that we're going to see. The cool thing about the illustration rares that they're kind of adding in is that they're not limited to basically the hot Pokemon uh, in the set. They could go anywhere from basic, uh, simple Pokemon to uh, you know, EX, like EXs. EXs will take um, more place in, in the, the special illustration rares, but uh, the just regular uh, secret rare illustration rares, you can get a... Kind of like that Babarel. Yeah, kind of like the Babarel. Even though that's like a hot Pokemon, you could get a a Badoof secret rare, like the the pre-evolutions. Yeah, so you, yeah. you'll, you can start blinging out some of those uh, cars that you use to evolve into um the last pitch i'm going to say they they did do something cool for our couple terrestrialized pokemons uh their their full art version that you can get of them kind of have uh sparkles on them uh and they have the terrestrial crown art uh, on it so you'll see that in the Arcanine EX and the Gyarados EX. On those uh, crowns, is there like a bench barrier logo on it or something? Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it says no <laughs> insert Manaphy here. Or so there's a little <laughs> Manaphy in the. In just the put a picture of Manaphy in every crown, no matter what type of. See, then I'd be perfectly fine with that, right? Or even old school. Go back to Mew from our last set where. You could have just all the bench barrier Pokemon uh, circling the crown, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Uh, like the the VMAX little red halo, it's just all the bench barrier uh, Pokemon that's ever been released. Right. Uh, uh, last little tidbit, I will say those special illustration rares uh, will also hit trainers. So um, no more rainbow trainers uh, because now we get cool illustration rares on top of the full art rares of the trainers. So we'll be getting two really cool arts of trainers potentially in sets. So yep. um, very cool. That I'm, is I'm, look, 
I'm looking forward to, you know, all the new sets, even just this Crown Zenith. It's it's always nice uh, to open packs and just seeing so many different kind of cards. And I think these full art, um, uh, you know, special illustrations or whatnot, um, they're very enjoyable to look at. And there's so many of them. So um, I, I, I like that they made this change overall, although I didn't have a problem necessarily with rainbows. Um, I think this is definitely an upgrade over them uh, in in general. So uh, props to Pokemon for, you know, changing it up and, and listening to the community um, and, and giving us something, you know, product that we enjoy. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, the only other little tidbit of news is we do have kind of like a little bit of a calendar of upcoming Japanese sets. So uh uh, triple beat is the next thing that's scheduled to release in japan in march triple then we beat? have triple triple beat oh okay okay not, not triple b uh I mean, we can go on a card we are already we release every wednesday in japan if, if they want to listen to us <laughs> uh yeah but triple beat uh will is the next set after scarlet and violet and then they have a scheduled snow hazard and clay burst um, which are speculated to feature the two legendaries from Scarlet Valor, Ting Lu and Chin Pao, I think, uh, is how you say them. Um, yeah. And the last thing is uh, in, in June, there's a, a Pokemon card 151 that is a set uh, specifically around the Kanto region. All, you know, 151, the original 151. So, nice. I, Nostalgia well, we'll there. Get, yeah, we will get uh, a little bit of a nostalgia burn with with that set if it uh, uh, how it translates to the U.S. So, but right, well, that's gonna uh, sum up for the news. Yeah, always product uh, in the horizon, no matter uh, what what meta we're in. So, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, but let's let's talk. Let's get out of the news and transition into um, you know. Tra- let's get into the meat of this episode's conversation. Crown Zenith. How meta changing or meta defining or breaking is it going to be? Overall, I don't think there's a lot of cards the uh, to really shake it up that much, especially in the next three months. Um, but there are some notable things uh, that we can pot- potentially talk about here um, that can bring some decks stock up and or down. Um, so let's start off with the card that you are you know broke rules with um, that you're you know trying to make work. Um, and that is the Radiant Eternatus being yes. able to get two V-Stars. Is it V-Max and or V-Stars? V-Maxes. V-Maxes. Okay, V-Maxes only. So um, there's a couple decks that might you know benefit from this, uh, just being able to get that out turn one, if you're even if you're going first, right? Right, Because it's just uh, play it down uh, and it's out there. So um, Chuck, you are the one with a little more experience. So let's talk a little bit about... Uh, Eternatus VMAX and what it potentially could do to the meta. Um, so, uh, it could give VMAXs a little bit of a relatively relative resurgence. Now, obviously, um, uh, the the Eternatus when you play it, you get the two VMAXs, but that it does end your turn, so um, it's not something where you can play it and then, you know, smack someone with a big giant VMAX. But being able to drop VMAXs on, say, a turn one going first or even going second, um, 
it is really hard for a lot of decks and and or any deck that I know of to in one turn in your first turn of the game take out a 300 plus HP Pokemon. So mm-hmm. you're not really worried about it getting knocked out right away. Um, basically, what you're going to then rely on is how do you charge this thing up to be able That's to use That's what I was thinking. It's like, it's um, cool, yeah, you get it out there, um, but how likely, no matter what VMAX you're trying to use, are you going to be able to attack with it the next turn? Yeah, uh, so things that might, well, I, I think a lot of people thought of it first too is is those Arceus Duraludon decks um if you can just what if you just get Duraludons rather than having to have that turn where uh you have to evolve to the VMAX let's just we'll put down this we'll put down this Eternatus that's only one prize and then we'll put down both of our VMAXs that we want and then you can use Arceus to go get the energies you need charge them up the next turn because you haven't evolved like it's your first turn of the game yeah uh, you still have to evolve and then your first attack you can go right into that so going second it's kind of like uh maybe not as as cool i guess per se because you would maybe want to to start charging up there but depending on how the board set up uh it's still it's still a useful thing um the things that where i think you're gonna find some play is is finding the right VMAXs that have abilities that you could potentially get good use of without having to go through an evolve. Um, right, right now, uh, so like I said, I've been trying to use uh, Rayquaza VMAX. And uh, I will say having Azure Pulse online so quickly uh, makes it a lot better than it was before, and that you get two right away. Mm-hmm. So like I'm not, it's not one or uh, something like that. So things like that where you just you get them, and then maybe it's like Shadow Run or Calyrex, when you just you're getting those underworld doors, and you're just ready to go. Right, it could really help accelerate decks to over the head, over the over the hump that maybe they were just too slow. Or right, something. I mean, I think that's why. Uh... Since you know rotation, Shadow Rider really hasn't seen play in standard. Um, you know, for the most part, and he's little tiny spikes here and there. Uh, maybe this is the card that can kind of take him up because I think, um, you know, obviously there's Palkia Kurum that you can, you know, charge up with Palkia and hit with Kurum. You know, turn two. Um, but Shadow Rider is another one where you could hit. You know, turn two because the underworld door is just that broken where you can just start um, going crazy and going ham on that. So uh, maybe there's some validity there um, to that deck. We'll see. Um, I don't know. I, I think v, V-Star or V-Maxes are still a little bit on their way out, um, especially with another card I want to talk about here shortly. Um, but I don't know. Uh, it, it, so far, it hasn't wowed me yet uh from the games i've watched uh you know online with some content creators there uh trying an array of different things that we've kind of talked about already um with the duraladon with the with the um kirams and stuff like that i've i've seen uh where it still just kind of feels a little lacking to me um i would rather just play the the original versions of those decks 
Yeah. I, I mean, I, there's going to be some clunk with it because it ends your turn and it is optimally. Like, oh, if it really didn't great. end your turn, that card would be absolutely yeah, busted. Uh, uh, it would be super busted. But because you get two and they go right to the bench, I feel like there's enough, there's a possibility of some toolboxiness here. Um, there's a an idea I have with uh, some other typings that you can toolbox some VMAXs so that you aren't like it's it's where you're like oh okay into this game I don't I don't go to Rayquaza like I don't need to use Rayquaza in this game I can go to this other VMAX and you're never in the like you're using these toolboxing cards that you can never start because they're all evolution cards right. so you basically are starting the Pokemon you want hopefully that's not Radiant Eternatus that's the only bad thing about the card because if you start him He's just using well, no, you can you can scoop them up and then you can use scoop up net and then use him. But you could, but I there's not. You're also then like I'm running a scoop up net. Do I want to run four just so I can be able to scoop up a turn of this? Because I know everyone said you can pick them up and do it again, but why? Like (laughs) you don't right? Well, I mean, I did (laughs) hear something. I I did hear something with like the uh, with the ore beetles, right? Uh, Where they. You might want to do that, uh, getting four into play. I don't know some weird shenanigans there potentially, but still, that that's yes. Yeah, so I mean, that would pitched. that would be crazy, but that would also like you you filled up your bench with just Orbeetles and Eternatus. Like uh, you, that that's all the bench space you have. So like, yeah, that's. I don't know. I don't. I don't. I don't know if I like that. <laughs> Orbeetle is a card I've thought about putting in as the toolboxy card uh, uh, for for four reasons but uh not for four of them right okay well yeah i mean i think there's still the the jury's still out uh it definitely opens up some deck creativity um i think it might take a little bit of time before something's like concrete uh set hey this is the next meta deck uh, but i definitely think eternatist has an opportunity still to to really uh Maybe yeah. not change the meta, but um, add maybe another uh, another brick to that uh, level, you know? It really depends on uh, the right acceleration engines that you can pair with him. Because mm-hmm. my, my first thoughts, you know, you Arceus, because the, the chain of events kind of work in a, in a perfect, like, in a perfect world. So you have to play it out and see if how it works in non-perfect worlds. But, um, and then you can get whatever you, energies you need. But you also... Maybe that isn't the right pairing, and you have to whatever acceleration energies come. The cool thing is it'll be around a little bit longer too. So it will be. So yeah, we'll see. Um, jury saw, like I said. Um, but let's move on to the next, uh, the next card. And I, I and we, I kind of alluded this earlier when I was talking about Mew. I'm a little worried about it surviving. Um, not worried because I'm not a huge like a Mew player or anything like that. But uh, Sky Steelstone. Um, we've we've seen. You know, hate from you, but I think this one really hurts it a lot. Um, because you know, Sky Seal Zone, you attach it to a V Pokemon, uh, you take a knockout the turn you use the ability, you get an extra prize. Uh, we've seen it, you know, it's ADP, it's uh, it's it's uh, Stoutland, Dreedance, anything that you've seen in the past, you know, get extra prizes. Um, but especially right now in the metagame that we're in. This hurts Mew the most because, um, you know, like I was saying, 
Drapion can take the Okos. And typically, if that happens currently without this card, uh Mew players, you know, with the with the the non-fusion build have ways to, you know, path Roxanne um or path and Marnie other disruption, this, that, or everything set you back, right? Yeah. Uh, but but Roxanne being the main one where we've seen, you know, some decks even run two of them. Um, say you're playing a deck that has a one of Drapion uh, in there. You're you're in the early game. You take out a Genesect, right? So you're two. You you took two prizes. You're at four four to win. Uh, you're not in that Roxanne territory yet, uh, and you know they they do their plan. They hit you with a Mew uh, V Max. You pull out a Drapion. You could put this. Uh, you put this uh, the Sky Seal Stone in there, and then you just win the game. Like in two turns, two attacks, and you just win uh, for no energy, right? <laughs> yeah, you're uh, I, obviously, it will still um, see relevance against other decks. Um, you know, obviously, Lugia, uh, it'll give you a, th- a third prize there. It still doesn't necessarily change your map because you're still going to take three knockouts because you're still going to have to probably go, um, you know, uh, through a Lugia. Um, and then two one prizers or or you know or three one prizers uh or you know a lugia and then another lugia and then a one prizer uh so it's still it doesn't necessarily change the math there um and against like lost box with some tech uh two prizers it 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 does accelerate that a little bit uh but you're not you're still having to go through uh four pokemon there uh no or no you're going to have to go through three at that point right uh so um it 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 can hurt it but not as drastically um so i don't know uh i think mew this might be the coffin in in there so they have less play arounds <laughs> and it just kind of comes out of nowhere uh to to, to take yeah. the dubs i i it does make that that drapion like kind of like a two card combo if it wanted to to just kind of like yeah, I'll make this a four prize Mew. Thanks. And then uh you've gotten two prizes off of this Drapion. And I have two more knockouts to hopefully get two prizes off of you. So um yeah. And and even going further in the future, even after rotation, um, I think this really actually helps any kind of Arceus box deck. Um because Arceus, I think, is gonna see an uptick in play anyways, because some of the predators that have You've knocked it down since it saw its dominance with Palkia um, losing a lot of water support um, with with Lost Box losing Scoop Up Net uh, with Mew. Uh, yeah, Mew's losing a few things, but with this edition, in addition, um, uh, you're, you're still getting to have that busted V-Star ability to just draw two two cards where you can draw. Or, oh, well, no, you couldn't do that then. Maybe not that, that kind of broke my point up so you maybe not want to use it in that kind of a box uh where the v star power is there um but still well, see, I, you you just kind of walked into my my downside of it because as much as this is a cool two card combo that just says haha you you've you've kind of uh been defeated here yeah it, it's going to be one of those things like how much how often are people playing it because <laughs> the two cards the two card slots not much to be like all right my new matchup's good like I got two to three. I mean, a Drapion I mean, and 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 maybe a second one, so you see it. 
But uh, the thing is, the opportunity cost of the V star power is really where your whether your deck can can offset that. Uh, it depends, not. I guess. If, if there's like a Zoro box that could play it, or or a loss a loss box that is still relevant, um, that you know, depending on how fast it can move, um, will still probably play it. Um, yeah, you're not gonna see it in the in the in the RCS like I was originally theorographing. So don't disregard that. But uh, any of those single prizers or or um, maybe even like a barrel list with uh, with the Squovit or double Bavaro or something like that where you can draw into it and not rely on um, you know those big V power or V Pokemon for it. Um, yeah, it's still I think it's a pretty relevant card uh, going in the future, especially with some of these. Um, you know, with the prize racing going to be a little bit different, whereas uh, you're trying to set up uh, turns in advance. So, yeah, I uh, still think this card's going to be relevant. I think, well, I agree. With, I, I think the relevancy will come a little bit more later when we're seeing EX decks play and then getting a little bit more different archetypes into the format. Because um, right now, I could only see, I think, where, like, obviously, Lugia can't, can't use it. Like, it can't sacrifice no. star power. So, uh, there's not many archetypes where it kind of just slides in and and can be used besides something in possibly Lost Box, but Lost Box, you got to find the V Pokemon that you want to use. I mean, it plays, some of them play Drapion, so maybe it's just a plan on Drapion, and, but hey, who, who knows? But I could definitely, extra prizes are always great. Um, C, Circa, ADP format, extra prizes are great. Um, <laughs> uh, so, It'll see some sort of play. How much? It just depends on how popular and necessary V Star powers are for your deck archetype. Right. Uh, maybe some of these EX Pokemon that don't rely on those uh, will take advantage yeah. of it. So we'll see. When you can, yeah, when you run a deck that doesn't have like a V Star power in it, whatever the deck is, there's no reason any. There's like it's the same reason why Mew runs four Seal Stone. Like, there's no reason not to use your V-Star power to draw an extra card that you need. Right. Like, you might even want to use this just because, well, just because if it can take a knockout with something that's not Mew VMAX, like, that's the only reason it probably won't do it. But if it could take a knockout with something that's not Mew VMAX and get an extra prize, I'm all for it because it has a burnable V-Star power. That it, it, it And it's a good V-Star power. So Right. Yeah. I mean... I think that's the last stone that we're gonna see. So I mean, two of them are pretty solid. So if there, if you you can have the extra slot to burn a V Star power, um, I think they'll still play, see play. Obviously, V Maxes are still kind of on their way out, even with Eternatus kind of jumping in there. Uh, so we'll see how long uh, it does see relevance. All right. I think, I mean, there are a couple other fringe cards to talk about, um, but I do want to jump into. Um, you know, preparation for this weekend's events. Uh, so we'll, I think we'll, you know, leave Crown Zenith behind us um, and jump in there. So this weekend is the the first official weekend of I think it was a five hundred and twelve somewhere in there teams on the uh, the team challenge. Uh, so I know Sports Car Junction is playing Forever Ten Gaming. Uh, so. Uh, we're we're getting prepped for that. I know tomorrow, um, as of our recording, our team's getting together talking about our um, the you know what meta or what decks we want to play, uh, what techs we want to play in those decks, and what we expect to see. Um, 
how about you, Chuck? Uh, are you uh, getting ready for this with, yeah, with your team? Uh, we we, uh, we are finalizing our date. I think we're going to be playing on Sunday. I did not yep. see what team Same. we are actually playing. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, we're still working out. Uh, we're making sure that uh, everyone can – hopefully everyone can be at this one so we can have a choice because we had one person that had to miss last week. Mm-hmm. Um, so we can have that, that – uh, kind of powwow and decide what who's gonna pick the pick the best three options into the yeah and honestly these powwows are what makes this so fun and interesting over like even just like a regionals Mm -hmm. um because it is a team sport at this point or pokemon generally isn't even though kind of is where you're working together with your 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 testing group uh but this is like directly impacting uh each other so um, I love the preparation period of this, um, you know, getting the bond with the team um, and then, you know, just having any any amount of success is awesome. Uh, so, uh, you know, there's that to look forward to. Obviously, um, some teams are a little bit of a disadvantage because of uh, IRL play. And I believe Orlando is this coming up weekend as well. Um, so there's still, you know, a lot to prepare for. Um, we kind of talked about the the recap of Liverpool, but within saying um, what we saw at Liverpool, what are some uh, decks if you were playing at Orlando and or some of your team challenges that, um, let's just say, top three decks you would consider bringing um, to a, a, you know, regionals this weekend? Um, and then does that change in a team challenge? Um, all right, top three, top three decks I would bring to a regional. Uh, uh, Lugia, Lugia Archaeops be one. Um, a lost, a lost box with the the. I would probably lean towards the Rayquaza build on that one. Um, and then a third option. Uh, I'm gonna. hard to say i'm gonna go ahead and say uh like an rcs duraludon arctura is not too bad um i would kind of uh you know mirror that where i would say lugia is definitely always still play um although um i would lean more towards playing a lugia or, or having a lugia played in a team challenge event over a regionals event um, just because the matchup is so known now um, and more people have, you know, um, you know, a game plan against the deck. So uh, I would say in a regionals, I would say probably not for me, at least this week, uh, but definitely in team challenge, bring a Lugia. I think it's still solid. There's so many different, uh, you know, win conditions against so many different types of decks. Um, and you're going to you're going to need to be a little bit um uh, divert a little bit more diverse in your matchup spreads. Uh, and Lugia is definitely uh, great for that. Um, another one that I've, I'm really hyped on right now. I know it has a very bad Gudra matchup currently, um, but is that is that lost box Rayquaza. Um, I love that deck so much. Um, having different options, hitting with Rayquaza, um, taking, you know, 320 damage, uh, uh, you know, uh, on Pokemon, uh, charging them up and setting them up. The thoughtfulness of setting turns up in advance um, is great. Also, being able to 
hit with Cramorants early to take little guys out, um, having, you know, potential snipe, uh, sniping issue or not issues, but uh, options uh, is, is great there. Um, plus, depending on the tech attackers, you can have some, you know, depending on what you think you're going to see, um, you can slot those guys in there, um, especially for like a team challenge. I think it's it, another great deck. I think also um, if I was going to regionals this weekend, it would probably be Lost Box Rayquaza. Um, again, just because it's so diverse. Um, and the, th the third one, and you don't hear me saying this much, um, and I think Mew. I think this is the last chance, at least in the next month, to play Mew because we do not have our uh, Crown Zenith isn't legal unless somebody decides to bring it <laughs> when they shouldn't. Um, but uh, <laughs> Mew is fast. Well, they won't let, they won't let you submit uh, Crown Zenith. Yeah, I, I think Mew so. is actually a pretty good option too. Uh, to throw out there um, before the sky seal zone seals its fate. Uh, yeah, uh, my my thought in coming in coming to a regional, I would just expect uh, more people to slide Drapions into their deck this week. So uh, not that, that it's going to stop Mew from being able to do things, but the the Mew. The Mew, like on the radar for Mew, is going off at the moment, so that's why. I mean, it uh, is, but at the same time, we already kind of discussed this with uh Gudra. I think Gudra's uh, people are gonna flock to Gudra because it's all su some success, and that in addition will maybe offset the the amount of hate, so it kind of is at, at an even kill, you know what I'm saying? True, it's possible, possibility, possibility, yeah, possibilities are endless on that one. It's 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 just funny how the meta continuously continuously shifts every week, uh, so, so I think that the you know Liverpool will have a lot to say about um, you know these upcoming tournaments with you know your individual team challenge events uh, and and just regionals in Orlando, which is going to be a huge one too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I could I mean I could see the resurgence of uh, if if Gudra takes off i could see the resurgence of uh the giratina finding its way back into the like Very top, true. top end of the meta yeah i mean i played some giratina this weekend as well um and i didn't play against gudras although i dodged two because there was two at, at locals when i was playing them uh but being able just to i did play against a duraladon um and, and did kind of use his uh you know his his v-star power to take a instant ko so um i think Garatina's stock might be up right now um, with the success of those those type of decks. Um, we'll see. Uh, maybe uh, there's I, a way to maybe to fit him in with with a with a, a Rayquaza or something else. Maybe it's yeah, place Rayquaza. <laughs> yeah. You never know. All right, so I you want to. I want to go to the inverse and say the three decks you absolutely. Caution people not to bring, and if you're talking to your team this week in preparation for your team challenge, they say, no, 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 do not bring this deck. All right. Uh, one, because I'm not going to bring it, uh, I think, is the turn of this. Uh, I played it last week. I think it's time is just spent. Like, yep. uh, uh, the, the, the shoes, the other shoe is dropped. Whatever the, the the terminology is on that one, that would be one I would stick away from. Um, I would also um, shy away from uh, Reggie's 
Reg- uh, You're taking all the ones I was going to say. <laughs> uh, uh, I, I'm just down on the deck at the moment. I've never really been up on it, but uh, really just like struggling to see why people play this <laughs> at the moment. Uh, and then uh, that the other one I will just say is if you're uh, Hasui and Zorak, I mean, it's still not, not, not good right now. Was was there ever consideration to play a student Zorark? Yeah. I, I was looking at deck archetypes. That's the one I would say no, no to. Um, I would argue there's uh, there's a point to a lot of other things that I'm seeing on the list above that. These are definitely no's. Right. So I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna say number one in, out of the meta decks. Reggie's don't play. I think is in a horrible spot right now with the. With the recovery decks, um, there's less weakness out there right now. There's yeah, a lot. The amount of dragon Pokemon being played is yeah. Just... The amount of dragon Pokemon right now being played not great for it. Um, plus, you know, it's a it's a very known matchup again. Uh, so, I think it has a bad lost box uh, matchup. Uh, I think it it still Lugia is still fifty fifty, and Mew I think still, um, you know, generally Mew wins that matchup so i think reggie's is just in a horrible spot right now um you said it there also with the with um what was the other one the second one you said uh now I'm blanking uh uh, uh shoot i'm blank uh, eternatus yeah yeah eternatus yeah i agree um i love the deck when it came out there but i it, it just seems like it just it, the trick is out the cat's out of the bag. Um, it's just uh, not seeing success. It's not consistent enough. Um, and over a, you know a nine round day, uh, are you gonna you know see success success six times out of nine? Um, pr- most likely not. Uh, and in team challenge, I think there's just a lot of work around to that. Um, especially if they know the open list, hey, they have they have workarounds for there. So Eternatus. Um, not loving there. Um, and the fourth, the third one, I, it's it's is the Vicodactyl. Um, I still, I, it, I don't know. I, I think Aerodactyl overall is, you know, it, it does it does play hard against um, Lugia if it does what it wants to do. But you still, we've we've still seen it, you know, not or fail against it several times. Uh, so I, I think I'm pretty down on Vicodactyl right now in general. Maybe a Vicavolt deck uh, by itself uh, is all right, but like Vicodactyl, I think just it's just not. It's not just not. It's not doing it for me right now. It's definitely seen a big downturn. Uh, wasn't seeing a lot of success here in a uh, um, at Liverpool, and I don't think it will see a lot of success in Orlando. You could be right, sir. There's, there's a lot of decks like that that I thought uh, they're they're fringe like they're but they I, I feel like they have an outside shot and especially when you think of like you were putting in like I would play them in the team challenge like I would put like if you have someone that really likes playing a Vika like I would if you have someone that likes the Vika Dactyls or or the like the the Gudra Lost Zone box or or one of those more fringe kind of things to that uh, get played. Uh, that fourth deck, that's a good one. Like whoever wants to play that, maybe uh, if you see it, 
where it, this is going to match up well, like let's throw this in and then you can sit something else that might match up poorly. Uh, that's where I like those, those other kind of decks like that. They get For to sure. play that matchup game in, in team challenge. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, hopefully both of our teams, uh, you know, move on to the next round, get, get another play map. I believe if we win this week, we get that Lugia play map. Yes, um, all I think there was a quality. Get the top two fifty six. That's the that that is the Lugia map. Yep, I I, th- I believe we do get a qualifying map at this point already. Uh, I don't remember what that one was. Um, that, if that's we the, the Hisuian Zorark map, you get for winning the winning the qualifier. oh just qualifying for the okay, okay. So yeah, I mean we're all winners here at this point. But uh, you know this is a as a big week for uh, IRL is- prizes. I think. After the next two weeks, um, if you win this one, you kind of don't get as much or anything but online stuff uh, and, until like the real prices start. So we'll we'll see. Um, yeah. Looking forward to it. This and I the, hope this is the big. Uh, this is one of the big milestones because this is the extra mat. This is the, that that Lugia, and then you have two more weeks after that, and then you're talking another milestone because then that's that top thirty-two, which you tasted last year. I want to taste this year. We're gonna get there. And uh, you get all kinds of goodies for that. So. Right, right. And and we we can't forget we do have our bet. We're both still alive after uh, one win apiece. You are gonna uh, play. You are gonna play some quad stones. I'm gonna say that for hundred percent. Bring it. I, I forgot what I told you you're gonna play, but I'll go back in the archives and figure it out. Uh, you're not playing a good card, and you're gonna lose with it. <laughs> <laughs> Here, I'm, I'm I'm winning one for once. You're winning one. I'm let's, winning let's one go. for once. This team is going to carry me if they have to. That's so. fine. You, I I wouldn't mind I losing to you, but I I think we should both make top thirty two before uh before one of us is punished, right? Yes, I, I agree. I don't I don't wish I I am not wishing any uh any bad ill on the team. I want you guys to do great and go far. I just Same. want us to go farther. I so. I. I, I mirror that sentiment except that on the reverse i do want you to go far i want to see you you guys to see some success for sure but um i think that's going to do it for us you know there was a lot of good recap and looking forward to the the meta um i want to thank everybody for hanging out with chuck and i till the end of the pokemon podcast i think it's going to do that for us this week although after our outro uh stick around we might have a little bit of a segment to talk about after that yeah, yeah. Spoiler alert, it's more Last of Us. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, if you don't want to listen to us talk about The Last of Us, uh, thank you, and we'll talk to you guys next week. Uh, love you guys, and see you later. Thanks again for listening to the Pittsburgh Pokemon Podcast. Uh, if, as always, if you could do us and future listeners a favor and leave us a like, a rating, or a review on whatever your podcast platform of choice is, it goes a long way to helping out the pod. Plus, Jake, where can you reach us directly? Yeah, you can get me at Panucks1 on Twitter, as well as Chuck at WatchWimsy and Ryan at ry for gaming You can also reach us on Twitter for the whole Pittsburgh Pokemon podcast at PitPokeyPod. Thanks again, guys and gals. We'll see you all next time. See you later. All right. Well, thanks, guys, uh, for hanging out with us, uh, you know, through the Pokemon podcast. Uh, I guess this is the after hours portion, our Last of Us review. 
Um, you know, both Chuck and I have already kind of, you know, said how much we love this franchise, the video games. And so far, the TV show has not disappointed. I think I like this episode even more uh, than the first episode, which the first episode knocked it out of the park, Chuck. Um, yeah, the, the first episode did knock it out of the park. I don't know if I'm agreeing with you that this episode was better than that one, but uh, they have both been very good episodes. Right. Um, so the first thing I want to ask you uh, when it comes to The Last of Us, obviously we've already kind of set our piece on how great of a um you know adaptation this is from a video game into a media um but obviously with that being said they have to add you know because it is a tv show um you know there's there's maybe a little less action because you know it's definitely just a straight action game um survival game Uh, but there's a little bit more dialogue and and learning of the virus um and how the, the origin story of the cordyceps and how that kind of happened um, that's what I want to get in, and ask you, I guess, with the addition of the show having like that, the 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 start of the episode pre, um, you know, virus outbreak, um, kind of explaining the origin stories of the cordyceps. How are you enjoying those? Uh, I am. I am. I am really enjoying them because uh, they uh, the the. The way that in the way that they're approaching them, especially in those those like cold opens, um, it creates a lot more um, kind of tension and fear uh, behind the show. That's not necessarily like uh, I don't know, like a traditional like zombie esque thing or something like that. Um, and it, and it kind of like makes it hit home a lot more for me a little bit like uh, makes everything a little bit more relatable to an average person. You get to see a little bit more uh, aspects of things that you don't get to show in a game because we're not mm-hmm. going to see that in a, in, a, in a video game. So but you're right. going to give a little bit more exposition to the world we're watching uh, in a TV show and they can they have the ability to do those things. Um, and I, I, I think it just creates more tension and, and fear behind the, the whole outbreak of the cordyceps that make you really feel like you're like screwed if this right. actually happens. So and it feels like it could happen. Oh <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, I mean, obviously the cordyceps thing does happen to real bugs in real life, the ants, um, and, and, and something that I, that they didn't explain like explicitly in the game, but they did a better job in the show with these, the, these two, especially this one where it kind of goes back to the first episode. They link it together um, with the cordyceps being, I believe it was uh, in, in uh, I forget the the country. It was in, in Africa somewhere, but um, India. Yeah. In, oh, India. India. Okay. Indonesia, where there, there was the, the flower um, the plant, right? So the flower, like, manufacturing plant or whatever um and the cordyceps that was like the perfect location for them to grow and they get they get into the food source there and then you kind of link it back to the first episode where you know they're the neighbors are eating biscuits and cookies and things like that they that they, they are they're eating the flour and even going back to like 
uh, in the morning. It was Jules birthday and she was trying to make pancakes, but they didn't have flour. So literally that's what saved their lives in that moment that they, they weren't able to make pancakes because the cordyceps, you know, you know, was, <laughs> but they made a point to show that the old lady was eating the biscuits and they were baking cookies and everything like that. And then like that night, they were the first ones they encountered um, being there. So the way they linked the start of the virus with these um pre-episode like that uh you know things like that are are great um to explain the origin story of how these the outbreak started um and just how they linked it back to you know joel and and sarah and tommy and why they didn't compare to some other people um you know at the beginning of the outbreak um and then also just um the the scientists where she came you know to to examine and she's like, oh, no, that you can't see that in humans. And then they're like, oh, yeah, we see it in humans. And she goes into the mouth after, obviously, that, that the corpse is there with a bullet hole in their, her head. And she examines the mouth and you still see all the, the fungus still growing, not needing a live body to continue uh, to to spread, uh, you know, the fungi um, yeah. and be and possibly, you know, do what it, it's doing. So her, just the fear in her eyes, like it just start bombing places. And you kind of see that in later in the episode where they're going through Boston and there's like craters because of the bombs hitting yeah. um, and then kind of linking that together. So um, just that portion of it, but without even getting into like the main story with, uh, you know, the trio, trying to get uh, on the on the west coast salt lake city um was already just uh really interesting to watch and it was very enjoyable yeah yeah i mean they're everything's done with an intent uh and, and there's a lot of linking of stuff and there's a lot of added world building in expanding upon things that you don't you won't really get to like talk about or or take time away when it comes to the video game like this like what happens in jakarta or even like dwelling on the fact that they bombed cities um and stuff like that because uh you don't have the the pacing in a video game to like you know sit down and like let's chit chat about what happened you know what i mean uh it's mm -hmm. it's more you got to keep you know action oriented and keeping people engaged and stuff like that and so uh I do welcome those types of changes when it comes to that in giving us a little bit more behind the curtain or a little bit more of what happened in, in the 20 years that ha like went by pr pretty right. much. Right. Um, I do. Uh, I do like in the episode too. Uh, they tie a, a lot of things back. In. And I, I, I don't know. I just like in this episode, they, kept the pace moving forward we learned a, a little bit more about like tess throughout like the episode and really try mm -hmm. to get to know her a little bit better considering uh the spoilers uh she's not gonna she be going did. along <laughs> she's not gonna be going continuing on the journey anymore after this episode so uh yeah i uh i really you really can see it more in in some of the buildup uh of the episode because I've I've started listening to other uh, podcasts on the episode and like really deep diving in into what people think of it and stuff like that. And some people like didn't like the pacing of this episode in the middle of it, but I think that's the middle is where you really get to like figure out some of these characters, and then you kind of get 
the rug pulled out from you with tests right right i mean there is you get to figure out a little bit more of the characters but also when they even just entered the museum where it's still slower pace for a little bit before they in, in encounter the clickers um it's showing how fearful um two people like joel and tess are uh you know going into a situation like this of how legitimate danger these clickers are um because they 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 see that the th- threat is there and how scared you know two veterans uh look going into that situation ultimately a clicker um you know got bit tests where she was uh you know infected uh and then rapidly went downhill compared to De- ellie and i think her death was obviously she died in the video game uh, exactly the same well basically the same way uh where she got bit and her her fate was kind of sealed and i think it, it both in the video game and in the show it, it was a, a very um i think done with intent there to show how little time has passed and how much that virus has taken over tess's body and she's already twitching um or or already you know on her way to being dead within like the next hour or two um and then ellie just you know been bit a month ago, three weeks ago, whatever the case may be, may be and uh, you know it, it looks better um, than than what Tess is. Just uh, so yeah, so so she's healing. Even in the even in the in the TV show, she also got bit too a second time, yeah. uh, and nothing happened, uh, or yeah. she wasn't showing any signs of of you know becoming a clicker, or becoming infected by the by the, the the cordyceps. Yeah, they went they went as far as adding that just to show the dramatic comparison. Because mm-hmm. a part of the the ending with is is like that Tess is like kind of like look because I think they're doing a good job like Joel as a character is very um in this uh is very what's the word uh reluctant Relu- yeah he's oh, dang it's an S word I can't remember but yeah he's reluctant he doesn't uh believe that like anything good can come out like out of the world at the moment like uh the only people he kind of cares about at all is is that small circle of tommy who in the show he's that is the his main drive to find the battery and to find his brother um and then we believe we we are led to believe is tess as well in the show which he does um those are the the only thing everything else is just like almost get out of my way you know what i mean yeah. um and he he finds it very hard uh, which is what like in in tess's words at the end like believe in something like believe that something good can happen or some mm-hmm. good can come from this because he he just doesn't so um they really play that up to, to like beat it into his head too with with the extra bite on on that and and like that that kind of like speech that tess gives at the the towards the end before she's she has to self-sacrifice i want to i want to talk about the self-sacrifice so the self-sacrifice is vague or vastly different uh in both versions um where, where she the the similarities are she sacrifices herself to let yeah, Ellie how, and Joel run away and get away. Uh, yeah, but the, the who the she sacrifices the, her against is is completely different. Yeah, the how and the why is different. I, I totally agree with the change that they they did because in the for for those who didn't play the game in the, in the game, 
the Fedra is after you. So the people from the last episode, because they killed this guy, or you you have in the game killed Fedra soldiers, they are after you and they are chasing you down. And that um they end up you end up getting uh caught up to and then uh Tess gives you time to get away. Though she is still bitten um she is at that point in the museum still, but instead of more like more runners and, and clickers coming after you and the it's the Fedric catch up. So she's like, I'm dead anyway. Let me just buy you time here. I, after the episode, they explain it a little bit more too. It, uh, that is just, if you actually think about it, like why the heck would Fedra whose job is to like police the quarantine zone, go running around the, the, the city, the, the city, the bad scape of the world just to kill some two guys, they would all be sitting there. Well, at least they're out of the course, you know, they're probably going to die in a week anyway. Like yeah. they wouldn't like, and they wouldn't expend forces, but um, like I even remember playing the game, like how many guys are you going to send after me? Cause you end right. up killing a lot of people. <laughs> right. <laughs> if you, if you go down to like, I'm going to, you, you let test die and me. then you go back to go fight them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, uh, yeah. It, it, the 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 change to the um to it being the runners coming after you instead i think is is brilliant and i like the the way they approach this because it's different than your traditional like they're just going to gore you up like yeah. if you like it's you have to listen to like the guys talk about the show, which is in a different area, but like it, they wanted to show that if you kind of like, if you want, if you're not fighting them, it'll like they'll, they'll, they'll do it beautifully. But like, this is kind of gross and disgusting when you look at it on right. Screen. Yeah. I mean, it's basically Kess was French kissing a, a, a runner. <laughs> Uh, it was a little weird to me like she like full-on spores going in her mouth or the you know the the virus going in her mouth the the fungus uh before she gets the lit the lighter lit um yeah it, it just it was like a, a full like two seconds before like she got it done like if he was just mauling her she wouldn't have been able to like blow the building up <laughs> yeah and it's it's more I like it because it's it's not like they're not out to maul and kill you. It's just they're out to spread the virus. And if you're kind of willing to accept it, they're not going to, you know, they're not out to build, like destroy you like physically, like you personally. Yeah, so they'll they'll just, will destroy you your virus. brain. They'll just yeah. destroy your brain. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the episode, I think, was really well. They explained um a lot with the virus um kind of giving a tutorial to you know the new people of you know the environment that we're in what we kind of can expect with the threat levels um with the with the the infected uh, obviously the show is a show about survival against the infected and other groups of people we haven't seen a lot of that um as far as like groups of other people but i'm sure that's coming going to happen um, and obviously just the, you know, the, the bond between Joel and Ellie, uh, eventually will grow. Obviously he, he's starting to warm up to the fact that she's immune, um, and, and to her, I guess at the end, uh, there's still going to be a lot of, um, growing between the two characters, uh, before we ultimately get to that, like that 
ultimate bond of father-daughter relationship. But um, you can kind of see the the little hints of that coming in the future. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, definitely seen a lot of different growing. I just want to throw out too. Uh, I think uh, we got to see a lot more sides of Ellie in this episode too. Um, we got to see uh, the humor, which we saw a little bit, but the sass that could come out of her when she asks mm. for a gun and, and she's just like, they're like, no. And she's like, I'll just throw my sandwich at him then, you know, like that, <laughs> yeah. that humor that, but like, we're starting to see a little bit more of what I think most people will start to fall in love with Ellie as a person in this, as a kid in this world, because you see that sass, she's not going to put up with like bull crap, but then she's also still a kid. Cause when they go into the hotel and they have, that scene which is is played out in the game and it makes it's one of those things that plays out in the game and they did it in the book or in the in the show not the book <laughs> um they did it in the show and it makes you realize that she is still a kid and she's still experiencing things for the first time and it's not right. and she has that kid naive like naivety naivety or whatever <laughs> like where things can still be fun and and like enjoy right i so, hope she i hope that in the future they bring out the the joke book the no pun intended uh because i think that would be uh great if she just pulls out random uh jokes throughout the throughout the show yeah yeah me me too because that's, that's part of the reason why i love her as a character it's like she has that no nonsense mentality but then she can also bring a little bit of fun and and just basically like a 14 year old like right. to bring, she brings the 14 year old too like 100 percent. yeah i i mean i think overall i mean we both said uh it's a solid episode regardless of which one you like better um i think obviously they're staying on trend uh to be a great adaptation if they just stay to the pace stay the course of what they've shown the first two episodes um this is going to be all-time great and uh, obviously HBO's seen some success here because it's already gone. I think I saw a stat that said 22% increase um, from from episode one to two as far as like debut opening, which is like the biggest uh, increase uh, from from an opening into the second episode um, in HBO history. And obviously they've had good some pretty good shows on there like uh, Game of Thrones, uh, House yeah. Dragons and, and a couple others that I know they're on there. So um yeah, I, I think that the people are loving it. I think it's it stays true to the video game players um, and also just is great for the new people. And also there's also Easter eggs and more origin. So um, it's it's great. I can't wait to watch the next episode and you know talk to you about that one next uh, next week. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think there's going to be a lot there for, for everybody uh, as well. I think a lot of people will get behind this show and enjoy it uh gamers or not uh i think it's it's gonna itch it's gonna scratch a lot of those itches and, and check boxes um i'm sure even the people that want to like ah, i want more action i'm sure that might will come oh there'll be action i'm sure there will be there will be some i i won't say that it's going to be like a rambo movie but I, i'm sure there will be action at one point for sure all right. I think that's all we've got to say about this week's episode. And, you know, uh, uh, I think that's going to do it for us. Till next week. <laughs>
like I think clickers are freaking scary. So oh yeah, those those clickers are scary. I think they did a pretty good job with those. Alrighty. I I, th- I find things that are that don't like because they can't see and they just have like crazy hearing. Like that's why it's scary. Like you just like uh, I can't talk, but I can shine a light in its face and be like you're there. <laughs> you don't know yeah. I'm here. If I do anything else besides what I'm doing, you're gonna. If I take a step off. forward, I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> Even like I think it was Tess or, or Ellie, I, I forget what, just kind of sighed a little too heavy, and it was like. <laughs> so, not that was cool, but I've got to go. You know, because it's already what nine twenty. Um, so, yeah. got to end this episode. I'll send it to you. Sorry um, about the late start. I guess so. No big deal. All right. Uh, it's all good. I'm going to go heat up some dinner. Um, 